information about our ministry, go to jwaller.com. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Go with me, if you will, the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians, the fourth chapter. Using as a subject this morning, he shall come again. How many know Jesus is coming again? And he's coming very soon. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 15. It says, For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. Ephesians chapter 1 and verses 10 through 12 says that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. In him we also have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him, who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be the praise of his glory. He shall come again. May we bow our heads and pray. Father, I thank you that the word of God does not fall on deaf ears, but falls on good ground and bears a harvest in our life, 30, 60, and 100 full. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody give God a great big amen. The fulfillment of our salvation experience is right at the door. The rapture of the church is close at hand. The greatest gift that God has given to man, the salvation of our souls, is about ready to come into fruition when we are snatched off of this planet. We were saved for a purpose that we might receive a divine inheritance in God. An inheritance that doesn't fade away. That is kept in heaven waiting for you. There is coming a day, brothers and sisters, when God will wipe every tear from your eye. There is coming a day when you will stand before God and give an account of the things done in your body. There is coming a day that he is going to give us the most glorious gift that he can possibly give. Heaven with all of its glory. Advent season is taking four weeks before Christmas to look at the coming of Jesus Christ, to remember his first coming, that he came lowly and in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes. But he is coming again. And when he comes the second time, he's not coming lowly and meek as a little baby wrapped in a manger. When he comes again, he's coming as king of kings. And he's coming as lord of lords. And his vestures will be dipped in blood. And out of his mouth shall proceed a sword. And with it he will smite the nations. He's coming with the clouds of heaven and the saints of almighty God. And like lightning flashes from the east to the west, so the coming of the son of man shall surely be. And brothers and sisters, you've got to get ready for the rapture of the church. The old saints used to say, you've got to become rapture ready. Live as if he's coming this very day. Sadly, we don't hear sermons about the rapture. We don't hear sermons about the second coming. 
But brothers and sisters, it is closer than when we first believed. He is right at the door. And he is coming with all power and all authority. And it doesn't matter who's in the White House. Congress isn't going to get a vote him in. The Senate's not going to be able to confirm him. He doesn't say, uh, let's make a deal. He says, this is the deal. I'm king of kings. And I am Lord of lords. And he is coming again. There is a biblical basis for the rapture. John 14, 1 through 3. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Watch this. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, brothers and sisters, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. There's coming a day when my shoes are going to be left on this planet and I'm going to be dancing on streets of gold. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. And it helps you deal with the problems of this world. And it helps you deal with whatever you're going through because you realize trouble's not going to last always. That He is coming again. A biblical basis for the rapture, Acts chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. Now, when he had spoken these things while they watched, he, was, he Jesus, was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went, uh, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven he went up but he's coming again in like manner 1 Corinthians 15 51 Paul talked about the rapture of the church he says behold I tell you a mystery we shall not all sleep we're not all going to die there is a generation that won't see death I tell you a mystery we shall not all sleep but we shall all be changed in a moment In the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. We could dig deeper into the scriptures, but brothers and sisters, sufficient enough, the Bible talks about uh, the second coming of Jesus Christ in two different phases. The first phase being the rapture of the church. And I give him praise and glory, because if he came the first time, He will come again. There are critics of the rapture. I've got to tell you that. Critics of the rapture uh, will state that the rapture is not true because the word is not found in the Bible. Listen, the Bible was written in word picture form so that even if you didn't have a theology degree, you would not err from the scripture. Everything in the scripture is in word picture form so anybody at any time, at any place can understand the will and purpose of Almighty God. The term Trinity is not in the Bible but the picture is clearly taught. Matthew 28, 19, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Doesn't use the term Trinity but we see the picture of the Trinity all the way from Genesis chapter 1 all the way to Revelation. The term demon is not found in the Bible but Jesus clearly casts them out. Luke 11 and 20 but if I with the finger of God cast out devils no doubt the kingdom of God has come upon you. He doesn't use the term demon. He uses the term devil but we know that demons are real. 
The term homosexual is not in the Bible. But God calls it an abomination. Leviticus 18.22, you shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. Well, I don't really like that, Pastor. God really doesn't care if you like it. He didn't give you a vote in it. I am not ashamed of what the gospel teaches. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Now, we love every person. Amen. We can love them and hate the sin. How many understand what I'm saying? But the, the, the point is, just because you don't see the term rapture doesn't mean that it's not in the scripture. Critics of the rapture will state that the doctrine has only been around for a couple hundred years and was not taught by the early church. Proponents of this view state that a girl by the name of Margaret MacDonald, a 15-year-old girl, was in a state of ecstasy at a charismatic prayer meeting in 1830 at which time she began to prophesy about the coming rapture of the church. A man by the name of John Darby, a Puritan preacher, was there, and he popularized this view from the vision, and they think that he got it from the little girl. And while it is true that John Darby did much to popularize the view of the rapture, he did not do it because of this prophecy from this girl. John Darby was a Puritan preacher who studied law in London, England. After much duress, he answered the call of ministry and became a part of the Anglican church in London. He was an Anglican priest until the church demanded that all priests should swear allegiance to the king of England. He left the church with many other dissenters and they started the Puritan movement and we would call it the Plymouth Brethren. After breaking his leg in 1827 and convalescing for a long period of time, he began to study the scriptures and realized that there was a marked difference between Israel and the church spoken about in the scriptures. He formalized his theological position, which we know today to be modern dispensationalism, which popularized a literal view of the end time events, one of which is the rapture. His views were concreted three years three years before the alleged prophecy of Margaret MacDonald. Are you here? Critics of the rapture will state that the early church did not teach, of the, did, the early church did not teach on the rapture of the church. Can I give these to you real quick? One of the early church fathers, the shepherd of, Her, uh, the shepherd of Hermas, writing in second century stated this, if then you prepare yourselves and repent with all your heart and turn to the Lord, it will be possible for you to escape it. Escape what? He was talking about the tribulation. Irenaeus, the bishop to the church in Lyons, France, a disciple of Polycarp, who was a direct disciple of the apostle John. Both Irenaeus and Polycarp knew the apostle John personally in his own writings in Against Heresies, chapter 5, verse 29, he wrote, and therefore, when in the end the church shall be suddenly caught up from this, from what? From the tribulation. Cyprian in his treatise stated this. That an early departure. You shall be taken away. Early departure from what? From the wrath that will be poured out upon the earth. Hallelujah. Ephraim the Syrian also spoke about. The tribulation, he says this, for all the saints and elect of God are gathered prior to the tribulation that is to come and are taken to the Lord lest they see the confusion that is to overwhelm the world. End of quote. 
simply stated, the rapture was taught to the early church. It was lost in the Middle Ages. And it has come back to the church. And if you don't believe in the rapture, fine. You can stay here. And I'm going to give you a scripture at the end of this sermon. If you don't believe in the rapture, he's not coming for you. If you don't serve God, he's not coming for you. If you don't have a relationship with God, he's not coming for you. See, that's the problem. We make Jesus all-inclusive to everybody. But he clearly stated, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who believes not is condemned already. I don't know about you. I want to get out on the first flight. I want to see him come in all his glory and all his power and all of his majesty. And I love you enough to tell you the hard things. I love you enough to tell you the truth. That there will be a meeting in the air. In the sweet by and by. And I don't know if it will happen when we're sitting in church. Or if we'll be in our homes fast asleep. I don't know when it's going to happen. But I want to see every person in this room up there in the clouds. To meet the Lord in the air. But you're going to have to have faith in Jesus Christ alone. Say amen to that. What is the rapture of the church? It is the first phase of the second coming of Jesus Christ. The first phase is the rapture and the second being the millennial reign of Christ. What will happen? Christ will descend out of heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel. I know I might get on your nerves because I shout a little bit, but let me tell you, when Jesus comes back, he's not coming back burning incense. He's not coming back with quiet little prayers. When he comes back, he's descending out of heaven as a glorious, triumphant a Messiah, a man who will sit on the throne of his father, David, and of his kingdom there will be no end. He's coming with a shout. He will descend out of heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and the dead who are in Christ in their spiritual state will descend, will ascend with Christ and Christ will resurrect their bodies from the grave in a moment. Their spiritual body and their dead deceased body will come together in the air and they will be in a glorified state and we shall forever be with the Lord. And those who are alive and remain remain in the church of the living God after they are resurrected we also shall be caught up and this corruption will put on incorruption this physical body will be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye it is the hope of the church and if you can't find any hope this morning you can have hope this morning that Jesus Christ is coming again what is the rapture of the church it is the triumphant day of Christ over death If one, hear me, if one molecule of a believer's body is left in the grave, then he is not victorious over death. But he will resurrect them and he will show the world that he is exactly who he said he is. That he is the divine conqueror of death, hell, and the grave. He will wipe our tears from our eyes 
He will be the absolute victor. He came lowly in a manger, but he is coming again as King of kings and Lord of lords. And he is coming in victory. He is coming in power. He is coming in great glory. The devil can't stop it. The demons of hell can't stop it. Death itself cannot stop it. When he comes, all the force of life will be with him so much so that even the dead who are in Christ will be resurrected. Glory to God. If you can't feel that, you're dead. Hallelujah. He's not looking for someone's approval. When he steps out, he will be the lion of the tribe of Judah. He will be the great God, Jehovah. He will be the conquering king. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. And you can go if you want. What is the rapture? It is the beginning of the judgment seat of Christ. We will all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. This is not the great white throne judgment. This is not judgment on whether you're going to heaven or hell because you're already in heaven. It is the Bema seat of Christ, literally a raised platform where awards are given. When you and I are raptured from this planet, we're going to the great marriage supper of the Lamb. It's going to be the biggest award ceremony you have ever been. And Jesus Christ is going to be standing on a platform and you will receive the rewards of your life while you're living here. Does God save me? Yes. Are you 100% saved? Yes. Past, present, and future? Yes. But your conduct still matters because you're working an eternal reward, an eternal weight of glory. Say amen to that. When will the rapture happen? I have no idea. And I don't pretend to know. But I know if I can trust John 3.16, then I've also got to trust Acts chapter 1, that the same Jesus that came down is coming again in like manner. The Bible says no one will know the day or the hour, but you can judge the times and the seasons. I don't know about you, but we are living in the last days. All you have to do is turn on CNN and you realize how bad it's getting out in the world. It's getting darker and darker day by day, but it's getting lighter and brighter in the church of the living God. When will it happen? I think it could happen any moment. The reality is there's nothing more in biblical prophecy that has to be fulfilled for the rapture of the church to take place. It could happen right now. And it suit me just fine. If we're having church here and we finish it over there. You think I shout now? You think I get worked up now? Baby, if I'm preaching here and I'm ending the sermon on streets of gold, you ain't seen nothing yet. Who will be raptured? Those who are saved. Washed in the precious blood of the Lamb. Everybody will not be saved because God will respect your decision. Oh, it's that serious. It's that serious. I was talking with an atheist just about a week ago and uh, hardened atheist, but as we began to talk, his shell began to crack. 
And by the end of the conversation, I said, if you believe that you have an eternal soul, if you believe that you are a spirit and a soul, if you believe that, you owe it to yourself to find out if there's more to it than just what's going on in your little noodle. You can be sincere and be sincerely wrong. He said, I got some things to think about. you mighty right you do. Who will be raptured? The church of the living God. The Bible calls it the bride of Christ. I know you're a macho man. I know you're a rough and tough man. But the Bible calls you a bride. You are the bride of Christ. The bride who has conquered sin. The bride who has cleansed itself in the precious blood of the Lamb. The bride who has lived holy. For without holiness no man shall see God. The bride who has been slain in the streets for their testimony of Jesus Christ. The bride who has lived victorious over the enemy. The bride who has overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Do you hear what I hear? I hear the sound of wedding music. I hear the sound of the bridegroom coming to catch his bride away. I hear them play, here comes the bride. Can you hear it this morning? Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Hear what I'm telling you. Get ready. We may not be here next Sunday. Get ready. He's coming again. You need to look up. You need to pray up. You need to pack up. Because we're going up. Hallelujah. Come on, give him praise. Well, I don't believe all that. Let me tell you, the Bible is literal, my friend. I said the Bible is literal. Jesus was not a cloud. He was not a vision. He was not a dream. He was not a figment of someone's imagination. Jesus lived a real life. He died a real death. He was raised on the third day. And if it was literal then, it is literal now. I am literally going to walk on streets of gold. I am literally going to have a mansion. I am literally going to the marriage supper of the Lamb. I am literally going to have victory over death. I am literally going to see King Jesus with my own eyes. I am literally going to heaven. I am literally going to live forever. And so are you. You ought to give him praise and glory in this house. As John Hagee said, the Bible is not a myth. If the Bible is a myth, I am myth taken. I am myth defied. And I of all men am most miserable. Ten reasons why I believe that we are the generation that will see the rapture of the church. Ten reasons why I believe we are the generation that will see Jesus Christ. Come again. How many believe that in this house? Let me see your hand. Absolutely. Number one, the increase of knowledge. From Adam until 1900, men rode on horses for transportation. For thousands of years, riding on donkeys and horses for transportation. In less than 100 years, we have flight, transatlantic flight, and now we have supersonic flight. Mm-hmm. How about the lights in which we use? For thousands of years, they use candles. Talk back to me if you can. And then we got the light bulb. 
And now we're able to cut big hunks of steel with a laser beam. How about communication? Uh, They used to send up smoke signals. Reflections of brass from one mountain to another. To the telegraph. To the telephone. To the television. To tell a woman. Oh wait, that wasn't supposed to be in there. uh, I don't know how that got in here. I hope Brandy ain't watching from home right now. Uh, To now we are in an age... You know I'm on, Rico. I'm on. Say amen. Say amen or owe me. Amen. Uh, now we are in an age where we are hyper-connected. That you can be up in a plane going over the Pacific Ocean at 37,000 feet uh, and your wife can still get you on her phone. Daniel chapter 12 and 4, but you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. All the knowledge from Adam to 1990, all the knowledge that mankind had gained from Adam to 1990, hear me, has doubled every 18 months since the invention of the internet. The term there, knowledge shall increase, in the Hebrew literally means a knowledge explosion. We are living in that time. We are living in that time. Number two, I believe we are the generation that will see the rapture because of the birth of nuclear warfare. Before the birth of nuclear warfare, brothers and sisters, there was a body of prophetic scripture that was a total mystery to theologians. Now it becomes tragically clear. Go to Zechariah chapter 14 and verse 12. Watch it on the screen. And this shall be the plague which the Lord will strike all the people who fought against Jerusalem. Their flesh shall dissolve while they stand on their feet. Their eyes shall dissolve in their sockets. And their tongues shall dissolve in their mouths. Translation, the eyes, the tongue can dissolve before you're even dead and hit the ground. How can that happen? He's explaining nuclear warfare. One hydrogen bomb released somewhere in the earth can produce the heat of 150 million degrees Fahrenheit. That's how your eye sockets can dissolve in your head before you've even hit the ground. Number three, the rebirth of Israel. On May 15th, 1948, Israel was rebirthed as a nation in one day. And it is the most significant, hear me, the most significant prophecy to be fulfilled in our lifetimes. And I'm going to show you why. Isaiah 66 and verse 8. Who has seen such a thing? Who has seen such things? Shall the earth be made to give birth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion was in labor, she gave birth to her children. Can a nation be birthed in one day? Israel was rebirthed on May 15th, 1948. In one day. Matthew 24, 32 through 34. And this is very powerful. Remember this scripture. Now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branches has already become tender and put forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you see all of these things, what things? When you see the tree begin to bloom again, know that it is near. It is at the door. Surely I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away until all things are fulfilled. 
What was he saying? He says, the moment you see Israel rebirth and begin to blossom as a nation again, get ready. That generation shall not pass away till all things are fulfilled. Some of you remember when Israel was reborn in 1948 and you're still living today. I'm here to tell you, Jesus is coming soon. I said, Jesus is coming soon. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise if you believe that. I got to give you a few more here. Number four, the sign of the scoffer. Second Peter chapter three and three says, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. People will say, he's not coming. You've been saying that for forever. He's not coming. Well, listen, he's not going to put it on CNN and three billboards that he's coming back. He's coming back as a thief in the night to those who are watching and praying and awaiting his return. Hallelujah. Scoffers, isn't it interesting? Have you noticed this, that atheists never debate people who have faith in Islam or some other world religion? Have you noticed the only one they fight are Christians? Atheists spend all their time trying to disprove a God that doesn't exist. I'm going to say that again. Some of you miss that. Atheists spend all their trying, time trying to disprove a God that they say doesn't exist. The Bible calls it scoffing. Number five, the gathering of the Russian Jews into Israel. The gathering of Russian Jews into Israel. Did you know thousands upon thousands of Russian Jews are immigrating back to their home country and to the land of Israel. Some 30,000 in 2015 alone. Why is that significant? Because the prophecy says so in Jeremiah 23, 7 and 8. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, and they shall no longer say as the Lord lives who brought up the children of Israel from the land of Egypt. That's the book of Exodus. But as the Lord lives who brought us up and led the descendants of the house of Israel from the north country, that is the land of Russia. And from all the countries where I have driven them, and they shall dwell in their own land. It doesn't matter if you like Israel or not. The Jewish nation is God's chosen people. And it don't matter who tries to take over that land. The moment God gave it back to them in 1948, they will never lose control of that land because it is an age-old promise that God gave to Abraham because he had faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone. He promised it to them and it belongs to them. Say amen to that. Why do I believe we're that generation number six? Israel regaining the city of Jerusalem from the diaspora which was AD 70 and that means dispersal. Until 1967, the Jewish nation did not control the city of Jerusalem. But in the sixth day war, Israel regained control of the city of Jerusalem. That's significant because of the prophecy, Luke 21, 24. And they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. He says, I'm going to give Jerusalem to another nation, to another people. And they will trample Jerusalem underneath their feet until the time of the Gentiles is completely fulfilled. When was it fulfilled? 1967. Oh, this is so good. Psalm 102, 16. For the Lord shall build up Zion. That is Jerusalem. For the Lord shall build up his city. 
Jerusalem. He shall build up Zion, watch this, and he shall appear in his glory. When you see Jerusalem coming back into the hand of the Israelites, look up. Your redemption draweth nigh. Say amen to that. Number seven, the invention of international television, the internet, and mobile computing. Is that part of Bible prophecy? You better believe it. Revelation chapter 11, 9, and 10. I'm not going to read it, but I'm just going to tell you about it. It talks about the two witnesses that will be in Jerusalem preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. For three and a half years, they will be on the streets of Jerusalem and they will be preaching the gospel. And the Antichrist will come against them and slay them in the streets and they will be laid out in the streets for three days. And the Bible says that the entire world shall see them lay dead in the streets and they will rejoice and give gifts unto men. For these prophets who are speaking the gospel of the kingdom are finally dead. Why? Because whoever's left on the earth is with the Antichrist. And they will rejoice and they will make merry and give gifts one to another until the third day. And on the third day they will be resurrected for the entire world to see. They'll be raptured to heaven. It will be a testimony to everyone living on the earth that God has ultimate control. Are you here? Scholars didn't know what to do with that. How is the whole world going to see one event all at the same time? Now we know we can see events around the world simultaneously all at the same time. Quickly, number eight, the rise of deception. Matthew 24, three through five talks about Jesus said, take heed that no one deceives you for many will come in my name saying I am the Christ and will deceive many. The rise of deception. No absolute right or wrong. If it's good for you, then it's good for you. And what's good for me is good for me. How many know there's still right and wrong in the world? That's deception. Say amen to that. Hallelujah. He said, take heed that no one deceives you. If you're at the old market and you see some knucklehead standing on a crate dressed in a white robe holding a sign saying, I'm Jesus, don't believe him. If you ever hear a preacher say, I'm Jesus, don't believe him. He said, if you see that someone says Christ is over here, don't go over there. Or if Christ is over there, don't go over there. How are you going to know it's the real Jesus? How are you going to know? Because there's a lot of people that have claimed to be Jesus. How are you going to know that it's a real Jesus coming to get you? Because he's coming with all the glory of heaven. With all the saints. Amen. Number nine, famines, pestilence, and earthquakes. I don't know about you, but natural disasters are ramping up around the world. Revelation 6, 5, and 6, and number 10. He says, when you see the culmination of all these signs together at the same time, know that I'm at the door. Matthew 24, 37, but as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Noah did not know the day. He did not know the hour that the flood would come. But how many know he was glad when it began to rain? He had somewhere to go. Christ is coming again. 
Will you be rapture ready? See, you think all of this is just about coming to church. This is all about, I don't really want to go to church today. I, I, you know, nah, I'm just not the kind of person that needs church. You think that's, this is so much more than church. Are you hearing me? This is so much more than just having an experience. He is coming again. And he's coming for those who are looking for him. I don't know about you. I want out on the first flight. I don't want to be getting out on the second flight, the third flight. Pastor, nobody else has been raptured. Wrong, 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 wrong. The Bible talks about seven people who have been raptured in the Bible. You want me to give them to you real quick? Enoch. He walked with God. And he was taken. And no one could find him. For he had this testimony that he pleased the Lord. He was and then he wasn't. Elijah. Chariots of fire came down. He didn't die. He stepped into the chariots of fire went up into heaven. Say amen to that. Isaiah. The year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord and he was high and lifted up and his train filled the temple and I saw seraphim flying around the throne saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. That was not a spiritual vision. He was in heaven seeing the Lord. Jesus was raptured. He was resurrected and he led them out Past the city of Jerusalem, he said, go into Jerusalem and wait until you be endued with power from on high. And he was received up into the heaven with the clouds of glory. And he's coming back in the clouds of glory. Hallelujah. How about the apostle Philip who was preaching? And God needed him. How many know they didn't have taxi services back then? You couldn't get an Uber back then. And the Lord needed him to preach over here to an Ethiopian man. And the Bible says that he went from one place to another place in a moment, 20 miles away, to find the Ethiopian man and explain to him the scriptures and that Jesus was the Messiah. And that opened up the door to the entire African continent of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He went 20 miles just like that. How about the Apostle Paul? He's writing, he says, whether I was in the spirit or out of the spirit, I cannot tell. But such person was called up into the third heaven. And I heard words inexpressible that I could not utter. And the seventh one is the church of the living God. If God could do it all throughout the scriptures, he is going to do it again. You're going to be snatched up. There's coming a day. Your shoes are going to be left here. And you're going to be in the kingdom of God. There's come a day you might have, amen, fried chicken on the stove. Don't matter. You're going to be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Now, if you're not serving God, make sure that you don't have an airplane pilot who's a Christian when you're up in the air because he's going to be gone. And you're going to be left in that tin can. And nobody knows where it's going to be left. Amen. Can you imagine the pandemonium 
when millions of upon millions of Christians have left this earth. In a matter of a couple of days, there will be economic collapse like you've never seen before. You know why? Because there won't be anybody to work. <laughs> Stand your feet with me, please. The Bible actually talks about the rapture as, uses the term, that great day. There's coming a day that you will be with Christ forever. The Bible says, the saints of the ages shall gather around the throne. The loved ones who have went before you who had faith in Christ, you're going to see them again. What a reunion that's going to be when we all gather in the kingdom of God. Every head bowed and every eye closed. There's people in here and you know it as I'm preaching. You're not rapture ready. Listen, you can't believe what you want out of the Bible. You don't get to pick and choose. God did not ask for your vote. He says, this is the deal, not let's make a deal. Maybe you're not where you need to be. Maybe your heart is not right with the Lord and you know it. I'm going to give you an opportunity to get yourself rapture ready this morning. Whether it's a first time giving of your life to Christ or a rededication of your life to Christ he will by no means cast you out but hear what I'm telling you hear what I'm telling you don't just say this prayer if you don't mean it and don't waste our time if you're not really going to give your life to Christ I'm talking to people that you say from this moment forward I'm serious about it I don't know everything I need to know but I'm serious about my faith in Jesus. I'm talking to people who you got to be literally dragged here to come. But if you really give your life to Christ, you want to be in the kingdom. You want to learn about your faith in Jesus. And you're serious about it. You say, I want to be rapture ready. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to rededicate my life to Christ because I know He is coming again. And I believe we are the generation We are the terminal generation that will see the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I love you enough to tell you the truth, and I love you enough to tell you that the only way you can make it is to give your life to Christ. Pastor, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to rededicate my life to Him right where you're at. Don't be ashamed. Loud and proud, slip your hand in the air right now all over this building all over this building I'm going to wait just a minute more pastor I want to give my life to Christ I'm serious about it keep your hand up I'm going to wait just a minute more trust me when I tell you 
Trust me when I tell you. You want to go in the rapture. I don't have time to go into all the biblical prophecy and explain it all to you in one sermon. But the tribulation period will be a time of God's wrath upon the earth for those who have rejected Christ. And if there's one person you don't want to stand before, you don't want to stand before an angry Jesus. Pastor, I don't believe that Jesus is angry. Oh yeah, the book of Hebrews says it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. He loves you now and he's opening his door. He's opening up his kingdom to you now. But you've got to come his way. Pastor, I want to give my life to Christ one more time. Slip your hand in the air. Put your hands down. I want everyone to look at me. For those of you who are going to pray this prayer, who raised your hand, you're making a decision, a public declaration of your faith. The book of Romans chapter 10 says, With our heart we believe unto righteousness, and with the mouth our confession is made unto salvation. Do you know why I have you raise your hands? I don't have you raise your hands just so we can know. The Bible says you have to confess Christ before men. And Christ will confess you before the Father. So I have you raise your hand because it's an act of your faith. Yes, I want Jesus in my life and I'm not ashamed. For those of you who raise your hand, actually all those under the sound of my voice, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. And if you believe it in your heart and you confess it out of your mouth that quickly, you will be saved. Let's pray this prayer. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me in the blood of your Son. Jesus Christ I believe you died for my sins and I believe you were raised again and I believe you're alive forevermore now live in me now and I promise empowered by your Holy Spirit to live the best life I know how in Jesus name Amen come on give the Lord praise and glory in the house let's just sing something let's sing come on give him a good praise hallelujah Come on now, just take a moment and just worship him all over this house. Come on. I'm forgiven. Come on. Because you were forsaken. Come on, raise those hands and just worship him now. Come on, all over this house. Hallelujah. You were condemned. Yes, Lord. And I'm alive and well. Your spirit lives within me. Because.
by no means cast you out. Your past has been forgiven. We serve the God of the do-over and the do-over and the do-over. And I got to get it right today. I may have messed up yesterday, but I'm getting it right today. And day by day, don't let the devil wear you out. Don't let condemnation steal your joy. That's why he came. He knew none of us could be perfect. But day by day, little by little, I'm becoming more like him. And so are you. From faith to faith. From glory to glory. And that's why I praise him. Because he understands who I am. The good of me and the bad of me. He's not just the God of Israel. He's the God of Jacob. Amen. Leave this place walking in victory. Leave this place with the joy of the Lord in your heart. Leave this place knowing you've been given so great a salvation. And get ready. Look up.